Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast or The Week in Wrestling if you're watching this on YouTube. And people say, Miller, why did you give it two different names? It's simple. It's called SEO. And that's just how YouTube works. Anyway, let's not worry about that. Thank you very much for joining me. It is indeed Wednesday. We are back into the Wednesday Loveathon, as I'm going to call it now, where you tune in to hear me rant and rave about pro wrestling. I want to say thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Now, before we do get into Survivor Series and Raw and SmackDown, I do want to remind everyone that the only reason I'm able to do these podcasts is because of patreon.com forward slash Simon316. You can come on the podcast if you do sign up to one of the tiers. And as I always say, if everyone could just throw a dollar in the pot, it makes all this stuff a little bit easier. And I know that sounds like a bit of a shill, and it is a bit of a shill, but I'm trying to get all my stuff up and running. I want, I want a powerful community, and unfortunately, that kind of stuff makes that happen. So if you do want to support, I would genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. It. But let's not worry about that. Let's get back well into the crutch of things. I think that WWE has uh, apps. I think they've had a really, really, really good week. I know the end of the Survivor Series is strange. Um, in you know, I don't think any of us expected Triple H to come back, or maybe they did. I mean, I chatted to a few people who weren't surprised at all. They were like, "Of course, you know, of course, Triple H is the." you know, the be-all and end-all of all of this. And I I didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, I, I do want to point out that in terms of predictions, this was, a, this was a, a, a perfect score for old Simon Miller here. I got every single one right. And the only reason I mention that is because I'm proud of myself. I never get them all right. But, you know, if someone had asked me to kind of book it moment by moment, I would have presumed that Triple H and Kurt Angle would have brawled away, you know, out double count out or something. like. I don't know. I, I would have thought they would have their storyline would have culminated maybe towards the end, but not, you know, not at the end of the match. And within, you know, out of context and just watching it as an event, I thought it was a great finish. It had a twist, it had a turn, it was exciting. You know, WWE made sure to to make Braun Strowman look strong. But I think it's when you put it in context where the issues kind of, you know, they kind of come to light. Because when all was said and done in that man's, uh, the men's Raw versus SmackDown uh, Survivor Series match, I mean, Finn Balor came across as nothing. Samoa Joe really came across as nothing. Nakamura, Bobby Roode, even John Cena. And that's not too much of a big deal for John Cena because it certainly does feel like he was just drafted in for, for the fact that they could do that and he had the free time. But, you know, out the other end, the people that really came out with, a, a you know, something different or, or, or some kind of strength or a story or something to write home about, for lack of a better term, was Triple H, Braun Strowman, Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon. And that's very, very strange to me. I know that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens got involved, and I know that if you watch SmackDown, they did kind of treat it as if, that, you know, they 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 cost, you know, they cost SmackDown the match. But I didn't really feel that that was the case when you actually got when you were watching it. I didn't get that at all. It just felt like Shane Man chased them away with a chair. And I guess you could argue that created the distraction, which meant Randy Orton went out of the match. Hence why he was furious on SmackDown and didn't turn up. But that didn't feel very well executed to me. And yeah, the whole match the whole match was strange. Like I made a video for What Culture about Nakamura months ago saying that I think, you know, we're we're in worrying grounds with him in terms of how WWE's treating him. And I got a lot and I never mind this. If you've got something to say, please, please come and say it. But I had a lot of people, you know, come at come at me and say, Oh, you're wrong, you gotta give them time, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. 
And we've given them, you know, we gave them time. This was months ago now. And I, I don't think the Nakamura comes across like uh, like a main event, uh, like a main eventer, which is what he should be because he's Shinsuke Nakamura and he's proved in Japan that he can be a top guy. So why on earth would he not be, you know, a, a top guy here? And I don't think WWE see him that way. And I think the fact that he did go out first to a Braun Strowman power slam completely sums up where they see him. He is dispensable. And that may be good and that may be bad depending on what you see the upside of Shinsuke Nakamura being but I don't think they've done the best job with him. I do like what they did with Braun Strowman. I thought Braun Strowman came across like an absolute monster among men, and I thought that was wonderful. And by the end of that match, he felt like a bigger deal. Uh, it does seem like he's going to go into some kind of feud with Triple H at some point, maybe even at Mania, the rumor is now. So we switch Angle versus Triple H to the Royal Rumble, and we do Triple H versus Braun Strowman at Mania. And I'm okay with that as well, depending on the finish, right? As long as Braun Strowman wins, it's fine. The worry is, of course, does Braun Strowman win? But that was my problem with Nakamura. I know there were some cool things. Like, I enjoyed everything Triple H did with the NXT crew. Like, we had Triple H Balor, Triple H Bobby Roode, and Triple H Shinsuke. And that was cool. And we had Shinsuke, Finn Balor. So I'm not saying they didn't do things for the crowd. Like I say, the match itself I actually thought was quite entertaining, aside from this lull in the middle. But the problem was, when all was said and done, I'd forgotten the Nakamura's in the match, and Roode and Balor and Joe. You know, we've gone through it all. I won't, I won't do it again. And I think that's... You know, that, I think that was a shame. It didn't help as well that when we got to SmackDown and Raw this week, all, we kind of just fobbed off all those matches instantly. I take The Miz and Baron Corbin. I mean, Baron Corbin won on the night. I don't think Baron Corbin even mentioned it on SmackDown. Forgive me if I'm wrong. And The Miz just came out and went, ah, I don't care. And that was the same for all the matches, apart from maybe AJ and Brock and the men's match. Uh, in the sense that it was the same with Charlotte Alexa. It was the same with, I can't remember, The New Day, The Shield. It was the same with, um, who the hell fought on that card? <laughs> who did? I can't remember. But anyway, there were loads of matches, right, that to me it just fell by the wayside because they didn't mean anything. And I think it was the same for the women's match as well. I mean, the good thing about the women's team match was that they really did a good job in making Oscar feel like she was a big deal. Like it was two on one, and she just went, right, I'm going to murder you both. And she pretty much did. And it was awesome. That was with the Usos versus Sheamus and Cesaro. Again, which I do not think was mentioned by either team. So we have all this build to SmackDown. And then it's just ignored. I really I, I really don't get it. But I did think Raw and... I, I thought it was a good week. So I did think it was a fun show. Like, while there may have been some things we can nitpick, and we should, I did think the fallout from Raw and SmackDown was great. I, you know, I thought all the stuff with Braun Strowman on Raw, like we started, you know, Triple H and, and Stephanie came out, and luckily that was the only time we saw them on the show. It was a bit rubbish they started just because it was like watching a, a show from 2014, which is a long time ago. And also, we kind of had three different angles for Triple H now. We've got Braun Strowman, Kurt Angle, and Jason Jordan. So that was a bit strange. But I, you know, I, I thought there was, there was a lot of good. Obviously, Raw ended this week with uh, Roman Reigns winning the Intercontinental Championship from The Miz. And there is a reason for that. Uh, the Miz is going off to film a movie. So it's not like, you know, it's not like... <sighs> This, this was, you know, someone, I'm trying to have the right word, but it wasn't like someone backstage was like, oh, we've got we to gotta put Roman over <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but I do understand people's frustrating. But, I mean, I've done a video for What Culture about this, so I, you know, I'd keep an eye out for that if you want me to get into the nitty-gritty. But I really do think if The Miz had to lose it, then putting it on Roman Reigns isn't the end of the world because he is still considered a top guy, whether you like him or not. And hopefully this does serve as a catalyst to actually making the Intercontinental title you know, feel feel like a big deal again. And I, I think the, the Miz tried, but simply because he's the Miz, 
it was only going to be allowed to do so far. I mean, I can't even remember the last time it was defended. That doesn't mean it wasn't recently, but I don't remember. I think that's the issue. I just don't remember when it was because they don't make a big deal of it. I mean, I remember sometimes uh, The Miz coming out and he didn't even mention the Intercontinental title. And I don't put that on The Miz. I put that on the company being like, ah, we don't care about this belt, whatever. So if they can do that with Roman... You know that would be that would be awesome, and I, it would be a good use of the star power he does have, and it would rehab the belt. And then whoever does take that belt off him, hopefully gets, uh, you know, a shot on the arm from that as well. Or at least that would be that would be my hope. So we will run through Survivor Series quickly, and hopefully from there we can kind of, uh, you know, migrate off to the the things that happened on Raw. I mean, even the pre-show there was, you know, we had Elias versus Matt Hardy. That seems to be going on because before the main event on Raw, which was the Roman Reigns the Miz match. They did get into a little scuffle again. So it looks like we're having an Elias-Matt Hardy program. I mean, there's not much to say about that. Elias should really come out the other end winding. I mean, it sucks that, you know, in the course of, what, six months? Six months? Is it since Mania? Eight months? Whatever it is. You know, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy were so over. And I understand that Matt's treading water at the moment because of the broken gimmick problems and because Jeff Hardy's out injured. But it is a shame that he's dropped so far because I think Matt Hardy is, is, is primed for at least some kind of super run well at least I thought that when he came back I just like his stuff I just think he came into his own I think he he kind of really understood what he needed to do uh then we had Enzo versus Callisto Enzo Amore obviously won that and again on Raw what did we have we had this I thought this was baffling I said this on ups and downs for what culture this week I thought it was baffling that now is when we're pushing the Zoe train who are this heel group with like Enzo and Noam Dar and Drew Gulak and some other idiots and then the good, there's a good guys as well, and that's you know Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander and a couple of idiots. And they did a four-on-four four match on on Raw. Why didn't we put that on Survivor Series? No one really wanted to see Enzo versus Callisto again. I mean, it wasn't a bad match. It was fine, but there was nothing there. And so we could have had a Survivor Series match. It's Survivor Series. And one of the reasons I tune into Survivor Series is to watch Survivor Series matches. You'll be absolutely baffled to hear. So that was very strange. I mean, it wasn't the end of the world. It was fine. Um, and it was also announced on 205 Live that Hideo Itami is going to 205 Live. And while a lot of people kind of seen 205 Live as this death now, I actually think that's quite good for Hideo Itami because it wasn't his fault that his NXT run was a, as much of a struggle as it was. But ultimately, injuries did, you know, he did, he did suffer from those injuries. And also, he kind of came in just before that big boom. And he did have to change his style a lot. So I actually think him going to 205 Live... I actually think 205 Live is a decent show now. I just don't feel like WWE allows the cruiserweights to be cruiserweights. I mean, they've got stories, and yeah, we've got the Zoe train, and we've got the good guys and the bad guys, and, and we've got all of that. But I don't know. There's still something missing from it. Maybe it's just because they screwed it up so much in the beginning that you do lose the momentum that, that you need for that, for that kind of stuff. The strangest match in the pre-show was from nowhere. We've got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Breezango. And the thing I really find weird about this is that we had no Breezango segment on SmackDown. The Bludgeon Brothers debuted, so that clearly isn't going to tie in anymore. Maybe it does, and they work back to front with it. But my worry is now that these Breezango things have lost all kind of direction, and they're not going to lead anywhere. And my hope was it was going to lead to a proper feud, and we get Breezango back on television, because I do enjoy them, and I'd like to see them in a proper program. I mean, they did announce on SmackDown that we are getting one next week, so we'll have to, I can't remember who they're parodying now, but I mean, hopefully that will be something. But yeah, really strange. Really, really strange. I mean, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn won. This ties into SmackDown as well, which we'll talk about as we're here. And this is why I like WWE so much this week. I thought, a lot of people said they didn't like SmackDown. I mean, I actually thought it was done really well. Because the basic, the tease we had on SmackDown is that Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon wanted to fire Owens and, Owens and Zayn. 
Daniel Bryan stopped him, put him in a lumberjack match. And Shane McMahon got the opinion that after the lumberjack, uh, lumberjack match, Brian was going to fire them. He went off to his hotel because he's shit at his job, doesn't want to hang around in his office. And at the end of the night, after Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had lost to the New Day, who was the opponents in the lumberjack match, and everyone beat them up, and you know, because the story was that everybody backstage hates Owens and Zayn because they feel like they cost Team SmackDown the match. Other than Rusev and Aiden English, who had a little chat with Owens and Zayn earlier in the night, and then during the lumber match actually came in to help those two. I mean, it didn't work out, but still, there was an allegiance uh, proven there. Then after that, Kevin Owens, as Sami Zayn was getting the crap kicked out of him, went backstage, found Daniel Bryan, pleaded with him not to, not to fire him. Daniel Bryan then put in a match with Randy Orton, which then Kevin Owens pleaded that he didn't want to do. But then there was something there. There was some kind of like feeling from Daniel Bryan. It was like, don't worry about it, Kev. And it really does feel like they're going in the direction of Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Rusev, Aiden English, and maybe even the, the three women that arrived from NXT. Who was it? It was Ruby Riot, uh, Sarah, Logan, and Liv Morgan, I think. I get the last two la- the, the last names confused because they sound so similar, and I'm an idiot. Because Daniel Bryan kind of no-commented when someone asked him, who are these three NXT women? Who called them up? Why are they here? And Daniel Bryan was just like, no comment. So it sounds like Daniel Bryan is building some big heel stable to go against Shane McMahon. That excites me greatly. And that's why I liked all the stuff they did with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. We haven't pulled the trigger yet. We're just teasing, and Daniel Bryan's getting involved, and Shane seems a bit... Uh, a bit, what's the word I'm looking for? But like, he doesn't really get the animosity that Brian has for him. I thought all oh, this was great. I thought all oh, this was great. I think the teasing is great. I did like the fact that the three NXT girls came up. They beat the shit out of Naomi. They saw Becky Lynch. They beat her. Then there was Charlotte versus Natalia for the belt, and they interrupted that. They ran roughshod, which obviously ties into what happened on Raw because Paige came up with, um, oh, what's their names? Mandy Rose and that other girl. Oh, I can't remember her name. I'm such a shit person. But, <laughs> you know, Paige came back on Raw during the four-way match to determine the number one contender for Alexa Bliss's title. And they kicked the crap out of them. Now, the problem there is this better tie-in. They can't just have run the same story over SmackDown they did on Raw less than 24 hours later because that's ridiculous. And they did mention it on commentary on SmackDown, so I hope it ties in because that is really, really stupid. If this turns into one big... Maybe Paige is somehow involved in the Daniel Bryan faction as well. And, we, and maybe we are going to keep the cross-brand thing going. And that would be great, considering we just spent five weeks building it up. But I did love all of that. And again, that's why I like SmackDown so much. Look how much bled out of the Owens and Zayn stuff. All the stuff I've... I mean, I know I'm speculating and I'm fancy booking and I sound like a nerd. But all that stuff led off from there. So that's what I'm hoping for. But we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. But I do think it's exciting. I do think it's an exciting time. And, you know, I want to... I want to see what's going to happen. I want to see what's going to happen. I think that's all WWE should be about. I'm excited to see where the show goes. Then we kicked off proper on Survivor Series, and we did get The Shield versus The New Day. The Shield won. It was a good match, but there's no fallout from this. I mean, on Raw, uh, we had Miz TV with The Miz saying, oh, you know, getting in Roman Reigns' face, and that's how the main event was built. Because uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose were like, oh, look, we're going to go back after the tag team titles eventually, but you should have a title, Roman. So Roman was like, oh, maybe I should have The Miz's title. Have the main event. Look, it all works fine. If the Miz, like I've said, the Miz is being written off TV. Give it to Roman. Give the titles back to the Shield. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, we all love the Shield to a certain extent. I mean, the best thing about this was that Roman didn't get booed. And in 2017, when someone doesn't get booed, I get they're not meant to get booed. I love it because that feels like a novelty now, right? After all the stuff with John Cena, that has become boring. <laughs> 
For me, anyway, I like it when the good guys get good and the bad guys got bad. I've gone back to the mid-90s. Screw shades of grey. I just want enthusiastic crowds. And like I say, all the, the New Day weren't... They didn't even think they mentioned the Shield. They were more annoyed about what Zayn and Owens had done, hence why they were in the main event against them on SmackDown. So while it was a good match, it was ultimately utterly pointless. But luckily, I like the fallout, because the fallout, again, tied into Zayn's and Owens, and it tied into the Miz and Roman Reigns winning the belt. Let's just hope they do the right thing with Roman Reigns and that IC Championship. I don't want him to go into WrestleMania 34 taking on Brock Lesnar for the Universal title and walking away with both. That is bad. I'm not up for that. I don't hate Roman Reigns, but I don't want that. Share the wealth, Robin Hood. Then it was Team SmackDown, Team Raw versus uh, the women's thing. Again, I don't think they mentioned this on either brand afterwards, which is pathetic. But at least it did highlight Oscar as this, as this warrior. But was she even on Raw, Oscar? I don't think she was, was she? I don't remember her being on Raw. I mean, I guess she was in the sense they had... An, well, yeah, she was in the sense they, they put together the number one contendership for her title. So she was there in spirit. And I guess the focus was on Paige. Of her, not for her title. What am I talking about? What am I talking about? I've gone absolutely crazy. Who the... Hang on. I'm looking... I've, I've gone nuts. I've gone nuts. Everyone just calm down. Miller needs, to, <laughs> Miller needs to sort out his life. I've got confused here. I've got absolutely confused. Obviously, Oscar isn't the champion. I'm thinking about NXT. What is wrong with me? Everything, clearly. Right, basically what I'm doing now, I'm looking up. Uh, that's right. I'm, okay, I'm back with it. I'm back with it. I'm sorry. I know you were shouting at your podcast apparatus then. Oscar took on Dana Brooke and she whooped her ass. That's what happened, which is great in a way because it's the right thing to do because it meant it kept her out of the big schmoz with Paige and, and everybody else. You'll have to forgive me. I got my wires crossed. Yes, I think I'm an idiot too. But I mean, in terms of SmackDown, there was no fallout. And I just think that's a shame. But hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully the story, the story is still building. But it did do a very good job in making Oscar feel like an absolute beast. Then she did come out on Raw and absolutely murder Dana Brooke as well. Now, it's not like Dana Brooke doesn't get murdered a lot by everybody else she fights, but that's not the point. It's just a real shame they did all that stuff with Emma, with Oscar. If they hadn't have done that, maybe she would... Uh, She'd still be a bit more exciting. Not a bit more exciting, but the reactions do feel a little bit lukewarm from the crowd. However, it's not over till it's over, so let's not be too negative. Uh, then we fell into Corbin versus The Miz, which we've talked about. It looks like Corbin's going to be feuding with Bobby Roode for the US title just because in the Lumberjack match, he accidentally clocked in one. That's when all the Lumberjacks started fighting to the back. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with that. But, you know, I mean, so I don't actually know. I don't really get... Bobby Roode, if I'm honest. He's not really my cup of tea, but he's obviously good at what he does. I think Baron Corbin's got potential, but you can only say that so long before it's wasted potential. Match was fine. Was what it was. Same with the Usos versus Sheamus and Cesaro. You know, Sheamus and Cesaro's big kind of uh, um, featuring, for lack of a better term, on Raw was that they, got in, they interfered in the Miz match at the end. Didn't really help. But I guess then next week, that's how you can build to... Whatever you want to do with uh, Sheamus and Sarah and the Shield. Whatever they do. Oh, sorry. We also saw uh, Dean Ambrose versus um, Sheamus as well. Was it? It was Sheamus. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, it was. It was Dean, yeah, Dean Ambrose versus Sheamus. I'm sorry. I'm having a, a mental breakdown today. Too much has happened today. I've been rushing around all over the place as per usual. But clearly, clearly it's, it affected me more. But I mean, it's, they're clearly they're going back to that program. And I don't mind that. But just pick who you want to be your tag team title champions and then move on to something else. Because we have seen, not only have we seen The Shield versus The Bar, we've seen Ambrose versus Sheamus, Rollins versus Sheamus, and vice versa with Cesaro. And there's only so much, I know they're great workers, but there's only so much you can do with it. So I'm all right to move in, move away from that. 
Charlotte Flair beat Alexa Bliss. We've already talked about how that affected everything. Obviously, when Paige came up, there was a, a slight tease at one point that maybe Alexa Bliss was in all of this, and then Paige and her two little cronies whooped. Uh, uh, whooped her ass as well. We talked about the men's match, and I've deliberately left AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar till the end uh, because it, I thought it was fantastic. Like, I genuinely mean that if I gave silly star ratings, I'd give it five stars. I, I think it's wonderful. I thought it was brilliant. It felt like a fight. It was booked excellently in the sense that if I was watching a match between Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles, that's how I imagine it would go. When AJ Styles had Brock Lesnar in the calf crusher and Brock got out of it by smashing AJ's face into the mat... It was just great. It was just excellent. Everything made sense. It went 15 minutes and it felt like about four. It was just wonderful. And it was just proof that not only Brock, is Brock Lesnar great, but AJ Styles is great. Like, I don't think we needed, really needed evidence of that. But I know a lot of people get down on Brock Lesnar. And sure, if he's not motivated, it is a shame. But he was motivated here. It's like people that say, look, Batman game wouldn't be any good if Batman wasn't in it. Batman's in it. So, so we don't have to worry about that. It's the same with this. Brock Lesnar was motivated here. So I'm not going to overly worry, overly worry about that fact. I just thought it was wonderful. I thought it was a great match. I enjoyed it from start to finish. I mean, genuinely, I can't say enough about it. And it makes me upset that obviously AJ Styles has now transitioned back into a program with Jinder Mahal. And that's nothing against Jinder Mahal. I think Jinder Mahal is fine, but he's not going to have this type of main event. He's not going to have this type of match. So instantly, it's not going to feel as good. It's the law of diminishing returns. If you give me eight cheesecakes, and then the following week I get... I don't know, a banana tort, which I don't want to eat, I'm going to miss the 10 cheesecakes. Worst analogy ever. But that's, uh, that's how this would make me feel. So yeah, I mean, that's why I thought Survivor Series is distant. I mean, maybe without AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar. Obviously, Brock Lesnar wasn't on Raw, surprise, surprise. If we didn't have AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar, maybe I wouldn't have felt so entertained by it. But I was entertained. And I'm kind of intrigued to see what we do with the Jason Jordan, Triple H, Kurt Angle, um, Braun Strowman mess. I mean, the tease on Raw throughout the night was that Jason Jordan is going to go heel. Uh, at one point, he wanted Triple H. They said no. Then he got put in a match with Braun Strowman. So he went backstage and said, Dad, I can't fight. Fake Dad. I can't fight Braun Strowman at 100%. And the fake Dad was like, but fake son, you you know, you just said you could fight Triple H. He was like, yeah, that's Triple H. He was like, oh, you know what, Dad? I will fight Braun Strowman. He was like, what? And actually, I thought Braun Strowman versus Jason Jordan was all right. It was short, and then Kane interrupted and tried to kill, literally tried to kill Braun Strowman. And I don't mind Kane versus Braun Strowman because I know Braun Strowman will win that. But it was, I don't really get, I don't see how, I mean, people boo Jason Jordan anyway. Jason Jordan is kind of like the Roman Reigns <laughs> that we wanted in the sense they will actually turn him heel. But they would never dare do that with, uh, with anybody, <laughs> with Roman Reigns. So, that, so that, that's, you know, that's interesting to say the least. But yeah, I did enjoy Raw, though. When it was all said and done, I enjoyed it. I thought they did well. And I thought, especially with SmackDown, I really like where this Zayn Owens thing is going. Um, before I do answer some questions quickly, and I do apologize, this episode is going to be a bit shorter than usual. But I am just running around like a crazy person. And I have to shoot off again later. So I do apologize for that. Um, I did want to talk about the whole Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor match. Now, they had a match on Raw. It ended when Finn Balor was caught in the Kikita clutch by Samoa Joe, and he tapped out. At the time, uh, so he didn't tap out, sorry. He got choked out, and the ref just had to call it off. At the time, I didn't mind it, because I thought it was trying to build sympathy for Balor and prove, oh, he won't quit, he won't quit, and then he'll get his revenge against Samoa Joe at some point. However, if you are a fan of the Wrestling Observer, 
Dave Meltzer seems to suggest the reason this was done is that the planned Royal Rumble main event, which was going to be Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar, has been changed because WWE now don't think that Finn Balor is over enough. Now, that's madness, of course, because the only reason you could even consider that he's not over enough is because you booked him to lose against Kane in about 35 seconds. And if you do that, fans are going to think, that guy's not very over. <laughs> so that is baffling. I mean, that is WWE summed up to the nth degree. And if that is true, I think it's a real shame because obviously that was the plan. Paul Heyman bigged up Finn Balor in promos. Finn Balor has constantly been mentioning uh, mentioning Brock Lesnar. And I, I think the other worry as well is, is that if this doesn't happen, that is going to pin Finn Balor into the position like he is now. He's not going to get to where I think a lot of people want him to be. And that would be a shame. I mean, we don't know. Anything can change going forward. Anyone can surprise us. But I did think that was utterly ridiculous that, you know, you, you, you book this man to look like a fool. Everyone thinks he looks like a, looks a bit like a fool. And then you, you take him out of the situation that would have rehabbed him to begin with. That's crazy. That is genuinely, genuinely crazy. I don't understand that at all. But look, we'll see what happens. I think he should have that match, if nothing else, because he's very similar to AJ Styles and the way he works. And I imagine we'd all love it. But who knows? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But I think that was the strangest thing that happened on Raw, Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, I, again, though, I mean, Raw did a good rating. I imagine SmackDown will go, do a good rating too. And I, I think I honestly thought they were really good shows. I enjoyed both of them from start to start to from start to finish. And the like I said, the Bludgeon Brothers debuted on SmackDown as well, and their gimmick is ridiculous. They got stupid music, stupid clothes, but I love it. I absolutely love it. It is wonderful. I mean, they'll be dead and buried in a few weeks because people forget what to do with them. However, just loved it. Genuinely thought it was absolutely fantastic. Just hilarious. Just cracked me up. It was so silly. It was so, so silly. So that's pretty much everything that's happened this week in wrestling. Yeah, Survivor Series was decent, I thought. Uh, like I say, if you do want to uh, jump into a bit more of my opinions and all that kind of jazz, you can go to What Culture, what, WWE, uh, what Culture Wrestling over on YouTube, and you can watch all my ups and downs videos. It's wonderful this week. Did ups and downs for NXT, Survivor Series, Raw, and SmackDown. I thought NXT was great as well. That's a shame about Drew Galloway. It does look like he's torn his bicep, which is terrible. But um, every match was good. I did an ups and downs for that, and only gave one down, and that was just to try and balance everything out. I thought every match was absolutely wonderful. Uh, Almas winning the belt. I, I, I don't. I never really mind who wins the belt, to be honest. I just take it for what it is. But I really enjoyed Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream as well. Great characters, great story, great work. I mean, just go watch NXT, really. If you only watch one show out of the four, as always, you should watch NXT TakeOver. The War Over Games, uh, War Games main event as well was just ridiculous. I saw a lot of people saying, oh, it's too much, it was too much. I didn't think it was too much. I thought it was hilarious. Just crazy. Absolutely crazy. So... Yeah, great week for wrestling. And I'm excited to see where we go from here. Like we've got a big build to Clash of the Champions now, which is, let's get the official date rather than me guessing. It's, it's sometime in December. We don't have a Raw pay-per-view till February. So we've got Clash of Champions on December 17th. That's miles away. Then we head into the Raw Rumble. And then we don't, it's, I think whatever the February pay-per-view is, we've got ages now. Let's start building stuff. Let's get excited. I'm sure they'll do a lot for that Raw 25th anniversary show in New York that ends on January 20-something or other, 22nd, something like that. I just think there's a lot of good. And now we enter WrestleMania season where things get interesting. And yeah, Triple H is back on TV. I'm all right with that. Wasn't a massive fan of the, of the Survivor Series ending, but it's Triple H. He's got star power. So let's see. 
Let's see what we're going what we're going to do. Uh, at this juncture, I would like to say, if you are on iTunes right now, please review us, give us five stars, share this on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, put it wherever you can, because the more people we can get listening, the more successful this can get, and that always makes me happy, even if it is just me, list, you listening to my crazy voice. It will also be up on the YouTube channel, which is just the Miller Report, youtube.com for us, that's the Miller Report. Um, or maybe it's user, maybe, I don't know, it's something. Just search the middle of the report. <laughs> go to my Twitter. Now I need to know. Basically, YouTube have changed everything recently. I used to have to put a little C in front of it, but I think they've actually finally got rid of that and realized that nobody wants a little C. Um, so it's the middle of the report rules. What the hell is wrong with me? So yeah, if you just go to YouTube.com, I've, I've lost it today. I've been all over the place and I got no sleep. I tell you the reason I got no sleep as well is because um, I had my first intermediate pro wrestling session yesterday at progress slash knuckle locks and oh my gosh that's hard work <laughs> so um yeah I, I i'm a bit beaten up to be honest i've been doing a lot of foam rolling today but i, I will get to that soon but yeah if you go to youtube.com source of the middle report rules this podcast will be up on thursday if you're listening to this on the wednesday uh, and yeah, you, you, you can you can check out the podcast on there, as a lot of people, a lot of people do. And like I say, I'm on Twitter at Simon316. And you can join the Facebook group. Just search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. And you can get involved in the predictions game, which surely I must be doing well at now, because I predicted every single damn result. Another thing I do want to mention is that if you are a patron, you can now ask questions for every episode of the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just trying to find different ways to give worth to my patrons and you know make you feel like make you feel special, really. I mean, everyone's special. If you download this, you're special. But you know, you're more special if you donate to my patron. That's just the way life works. So I did put out a little thing earlier. I make sure I put out an early one as we go forward. And we can just and most podcasts will be longer than this. This is a shortened version, just because, like I say, I've I mean I've been in pain basically all day, and it's put me behind. I'm a big old loser. Uh, but yeah, please do uh, join the patron and ask a question. And we're just gonna we're gonna fly through them now, really, before we wrap up. But my man Tom Anson says, "What do you think about Kurt Angle's return to the ring?" I hate to say it, but I don't think he looks good. I think it's only fair to caveat he is injured at the moment. I don't know what he's done to his leg or his ankle, but he has injured himself. Hence why he was all strapped up. But of course, you can even tell when he's just standing in the ring, he's kind of crooked, and you're not really meant to stand at a crooked angle. <laughs> That's that's not how this stuff is supposed to work. I don't know. To me, I just think he should have his match at WrestleMania and he should draw a line under it. He's not the cut angle he once was. He's never going to be the cut angle he once was. And that's all I need to see. I don't need I don't need to see I don't need to see more than that. I re- I really don't because there comes a there comes that very fine balancing point where it goes from fun and nostalgic to like, oh, that, that's no good. And I, I don't want to get to that point. I don't think we're there yet, but I certainly think if we go past WrestleMania 34, we could get to that point. So I'd be all right for him to have his one big match, his one big reaction, win, lose, draw, whatever. He is a, he is a big name, so we'll add star power to the show. But yes, I hope that his retirement in terms of in-ring competition is coming soon. But I get it. I get it. You don't want to let that spotlight go away if you don't have to. It's hard. It's hard to give that stuff up. But no, he was protected at TLC. Certainly didn't do much uh, at Survivor Series. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But no, I agree with you. He didn't look... The problem was he had such a high standard that no matter what he was going to do now, it was always going to be questionable. That's kind of been heightened a bit because he is dealing with naggling, naggling injuries too. It's not the best combo. Tez Elliott, what was the last match you've seen that's truly wowed you? Also, did you see Kenny Omega fitting into WWE? 
And who would you like to see him feud with? Sorry for the multi-part question. An awesome return episode of The Week in Gaming. Look at that. Now I can segue into an advert for The Week in Gaming, which is my video game podcast. A new one finally went up uh, this Tuesday. Just search The Week in Gaming or again, youtube.com for Assassin's Mid Report Rules. It's on there. Please do subscribe to that as well, where it's me ranting about games. And this week, I play Devil's Advocate with loot boxes just to wind everybody up. And boy, howdy, did it work. The last match that truly wowed me was Survivor Series, AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that match. It kind of sums up what kind of matches I like, because in terms of WWE before that, I loved Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. I like quick, intense, hard-hitting matches. That's why I like Brock Lesnar so much. Uh, in terms of what else I've seen that wowed me, all the, Kenny, the, the, the second Kenny Omega versus uh, a Cardo match I really loved. I thought that was I thought that was an awesome match. That was this year, right? I think it was. Oh, I'm getting so confused. But I thought that was that, that was good. And I think Kenny Omega could fit into the WWE perfectly. Cuz you know, he can talk, he can work, he's got a character, he's confident. That's all you need. And it's not the land of the giants anymore. So it's not like he's going to look out of place. I mean, he's much bigger I think than someone like Finn Balor. I think he's bigger than Chris Jericho. I could be wrong, but you know, there's not I think he's bigger than AJ Styles too. I don't know that for sure. I'd need to see them standing next to each other, clearly. But I think he will go there one day, and I think he'll be an utter success. I mean, the problem with the WWE, or any promotion, is it all depends how they book you. And I imagine they wouldn't bring Kenny Omega in for, you know, small money, so I assume he'd be booked well. But whether or not he'd be booked in the same way as in New Japan, or given the freedom he is in New Japan, that may negate him a touch, but I still think he'd be a superstar. In terms of the feuds, I mean, it's the obvious one. Samoa Joe would be great. Finn Balor would be great. AJ Styles would be great. I'd like to see Kenny Omega versus Brock Lesnar as I continue on my Brock Lesnar trip. I think that would be awesome. I think Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns would be awesome. Like, Roman Reigns is a really good in-ring worker. Kenny Omega is arguably the best in the world. So, you know, there's plenty of him... To, to do there that I think even Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose these are all it's the best thing about WWE in 2017 is regardless of what you think about the stories or the finishes everyone can is a really good wrestler even Braun Strowman versus Kenny Omega you know I think it, these are all star power names that get you excited so I hope he does come into the WWE maybe he doesn't maybe him and the Young Bucks never come to the WWE and they set this president this trend for years to come which would be awesome change the world Lee Wilson, who is your all-time favorite wrestler and what was your best memory of them? Well, I always give two answers to this, which I know sucked. But, you know, during my formative wrestling years, Bret Hart was my guy. And then it transitioned into Stone Cold Steve Austin when all the nonsense with Bret Hart went in as, as Austin went on the rise. So I'll give you the answer to both. I mean, my favorite memory of Bret Hart is probably the Summer, SummerSlam 91 when he beat Mr. Perfect for his first IC championship. Because I remember watching that. I mean, I was only young. I was, what, seven years old. And, you know, I was still fascinated by wrestling now, but I was super fascinated by it then, given how young I was. And I just remember thinking, who's this guy in the pink and black tights? Like, it was amazing. And, you know, he looked cool as well with his black hair, and he gave his, well, his long black hair. He had black hair, but he's like long black hair. And he gave his glasses to a kid, a kid in the crown. That was cool. And, yeah, I, I guess it, I always felt like Bret Hart gave off a good vibe, which is what he was trying to do. And I think that's why I, uh, I, I warmed to him so much. But absolutely, and Bret Hart, I, loved, I still love Bret Hart to this day. I was very privileged to, he, he worked at WCW, a WCPW show. And I got to drive home, I take him back to his hotel in a cab. And just getting that 25 minutes to chat to him was like a dream, a dream come true. Genuinely, I absolutely loved it. And I wouldn't trade that memory for the world. Even gave me some advice about becoming a pro wrestler because that came up. Uh, instead of Austin, oh, my best memory of Austin... It's a weird one, actually. 
This isn't what my best memory would be now, but at the time, for some reason, the match of his I got into more than any was SummerSlam 98 against The Undertaker. Now, I remember at the time that being an amazing match. Of course, as I've grown up and watched it back, you can tell that The Undertaker... Uh, is it The Undertaker or Stone Cold that gets knocked out? I can't remember. One of them clearly... I think it's The Undertaker gets knocked out, and it's not the best match, but I remember jumping out of my seat when Stone Cold Steve Austin won that match. I was so worried he was going to lose. And in 98, I was 13. <laughs> 14 even, which is probably a bit old. Um, but that, yeah, those two memories, I, I, that memory especially I have. Just in terms of best memories as well, my all-time favorite memory is when Kane debuted at Bad Blood because I'd snuck down to watch the pay-per-view. My parents had told me not to. I was an inch away from the screen. And I just thought, you know, at that age as well, oh, my gosh, absolutely blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. It was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. To this day, I still smile when I think about it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I probably, I probably will love that. Till, till the, I love Kane. I know a lot of people don't like him because it was silly over the top. I just think I was the right age. And I, yeah, I absolutely cannot sing that whole angle and booking and praising enough. I loved it so much. I remember being at my nan's house and having, it was when the boxes used to be scrambled. You hadn't updated your card. And um, I, <laughs> I would just listen to, I listened to Paul Bearer cutting a promo about Kane nonsense and finally david bally says hi simon i've been to one mania and that was wrestlemania 25 back in 2009 i'd like to know if you've ever been to wrestlemania person and if so how was the experience overall i've been i've been to two wrestlemanias i got to go to wrestlemania 24 so i got to see rick flair retire i got to see undertaker versus edge uh, i think that was the money in the bank that cm punk won i believe and it was it was an all i mean it was an incredible experience because uh, well, because of my video game contacts, uh, THQ invited me to their uh, sort of pre, pre-mania game stuff. And I got to meet a load of wrestlers as well. So, I mean, there were so many, I'm not even going to remember. But that's when my Randy Orton story went down when I saw he was supposed to be like the main event guy. and He didn't show up, but he was hiding in a corner. So I went up to him and said, oh, hi, Randy. He told me to fuck off. <laughs> Matt Hardy was there. Santina Morella was there, but he was so tired. He didn't talk an accent. He said, I'm just going to talk as... You know, the real guy, that was great. Beth Phoenix. Oh, man. I remember I can't, the, the Pope was there. That's when he was still with um, he was still with WWE. I mean, it was just loads of wrestlers. I, had a re- I mean, what a wonderful thing to be invited to. And then I loved the show as well. I mean, you know, I got all emotional when Ric Flair retired with the whole Shawn Michaels saying, I love you. Edge Undertaker was great. Like what they'd done with the Citrus Bowl at the time, you know, made it look this incredible. It was just an awesome experience. And it is one genuinely one of the greatest memories I still have. And then I went to WrestleMania 32 as well. So I was one in the 100,000 people, or whatever the real attendance was. Now, the difference with that one is that obviously that went about 24 hours. <laughs> and that was a bit difficult. But when you're there, you don't really experience it. Like even Undertaker Shane, as boring as that match was, having the atmosphere and knowing that eventually something big was going to come down was awesome. And it's the same with the main event. Like Triple H versus Roman Reigns wasn't great. But when you're there and you're part of that experience, especially with that many people, it was just a lot of fun. And I think that's the thing with most wrestling events, especially with WrestleMania. Everyone has kind of arrived to have a good time. And with both shows as well, I got to go to the Hall of Fame. So obviously at WrestleMania 24, that's when The Rock inducted his dad and his granddad. So I got to see The Rock do that. I saw Ric Flair's speech. I could have watched Ric Flair's Flair's speech for ages. And yeah, it was just both were awesome. I definitely want to go to another one. Um, but it, it felt, especially WrestleMania 24, which is the first one that I went to, that really did feel like a defining moment, as sad and as stupid as that sounds. But I remember, I mean, that's when I first came back from that, is when I first tried to become a pro wrestler. This is the third time I've tried now, but I'm not giving up this time. I'm a much stronger and smarter human being. But each time it has inspired me, and it has, you know, given me that thing in my brain where I'm like, right, you know, keep going or, or whatever. So, 
So yeah, I mean you can't say you can't say better than that really. What what I think, you know, and obviously all the access stuff beforehand is is always awesome. And at WrestleMania 32 as well, again I, I tapped into my video game context, and 2K obviously let me go and uh, go and interview all the all the pro wrestlers as Miller from uh, Simon the Miller Report Miller, which actually I'll put up on my YouTube channel sometime this week. I mean it's on Video Gamer, but it's my content. I'm going to steal it from them. They can go kiss my ass. <laughs> I don't mean that. Take that back. But I will put that up with a little caveat that it's from WrestleMania 32. It just be retro content because I am really proud of that video. And the more people I can. Uh, I can get it to, I can get it to the better. So yeah, uh, as all, uh, just as a, as a new thing now. So yeah, if you are uh, a member of the Patreon for any amount, one dollar or up, uh, look out for the post that will go up next time. We have a couple of days. Uh, this one again because of my injuries, I was a bit behind. And obviously, please do join the Simon Miller's pa- Simon Miller's Power Powers Facebook group as well. Um, that's only for five dollar patrons, but you can. I'll ask questions in there. Uh, ask put uh, put the shout out for questions in there as well. So if you've got anything. Let me know, and I can answer it on the podcast. Once again, sorry this one is a little bit shorter than usual. I'm actually off right now to try and sort my <laughs> my back out, which is bad because i got pro wrestling training again tomorrow. Now I'm an intermediate. I'm going twice. Nothing is stopping me. This shit is happening. So I need to go sort my back out. Uh, but again, if you'd like to be a patron, patreon.com for Simon 316. I don't mean to stress the point, but it really does help me out as I try and get all my own stuff going. Unfortunately, we need finances. That's just the way the world works. Find me on What Culture. Just search for whatculture.com or What Culture Wrestling on YouTube. I'm on Twitter at Simon316, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. And please, if you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, give us a review, share us on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, whatever, you know, the more people we can get listening to this, the better. And if you'd rather watch a podcast on YouTube or listen to a podcast on YouTube, you can by going to youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules, which is where all my crazy stuff happens and is also supported by the patrons. So again, but more, I always, I, you know, let's not worry about that. I want to thank everybody that is a patron. You make all this possible. Uh, I'm blessed that I'm able to do this stuff. So thank you very much. We will be back next Wednesday. I hope that you understand the shortness of this episode was like, I'm not not getting an episode up this Wednesday. I'm doing it. I'm smashing it out. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully you get that. But thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for letting me in to your ears, which is a weird thing to say. But I will be back next Wednesday. In the meantime, keep kicking ass. Keep being you. Keep loving life. Keep loving life. Keep loving life.